Hey, welcome everybody to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I get inside the brains of some of the best and brightest in the personal finance space to find out how they achieved financial independence. I know it's been a while since I've released an episode, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, I've been traveling quite a bit for the last few months, but I'm back in Scotland now, and I have a lot of really exciting episodes planned for the rest of the year, so I'm excited to be back behind the mic, and I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you today because it's a special one. You may remember in previous episodes, I've recorded podcasts live from FinCon, the Financial Blogger Conference, and this year was no different. So I was just in Dallas for FinCon 2017. And had a great time and got to record on the podcasting stage there. And if you recall from previous years, every time I've recorded live at FinCon, I've had Mr. and Mrs. 1500 from 1500days.com joining me. In 2015, they interviewed me for episode number 14. And in 2016, I interviewed them for episode number 26. So for this year, I figured, why don't they join me as co-hosts and we can interview someone else? So that's exactly what we did. And we had the pleasure of talking to the Physician on Fire from physicianonfire.com. The one problem with recording at FinCon is they only give you like 25 minutes. So we didn't have a full episode like you're used to, but we had a really fun chat. So this is a nice introduction to the physician on fire. And hopefully I can get him back one day to do a full episode so we can really dive deep into his story and what he's learned on his path to financial independence. But uh, this is a really fun episode. There's lots of craziness. Anytime you uh, hang out with the 1500s, there's going to be some surprises. And this was definitely no different. So Hope you enjoy it. Thanks again to Mr. and Mrs. 1500 for co-hosting. Thanks to the Physician on Fire for joining me for what was a very unorthodox episode. And thank you guys for listening. And I'm excited to be back and look forward to putting out more episodes soon. But now here's the live episode from FinCon 17. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, welcome to the Financial Independence Podcast. This is a very special episode today. Uh, we are recording live in Dallas from FinCon. We are staring at a VW Bug that has been converted into a podcast booth, which I, I'll put a picture up in the show notes. And Mindy is showing me something. Special thanks to the FinCon Podcast Network for sponsoring our live podcast recording at FinCon 2017. Wow, you are perfect. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> sounded great. So thanks. Um, yeah, so that was a little sneak peek of who we have here. But um, but yeah, so in the past three years, I've done a live podcast from FinCon. The first year, the 1500s from 1500days.com interviewed me and then I interviewed them and I thought I can't do a live podcast without them so this year they're co-hosting so say hello. Hello thanks for having me. Yeah thanks for having us again it's a pleasure. <laughs> and today they're going to help me interview none other than the physician on fire. Well hi thanks for uh, having me and uh, it's great to see you guys again. Welcome to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah Happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm honored. Uh, my wife and I had the honor of visiting the physician on fire at his house. And uh, the thing about him is he wrote a post a while ago about how he's just a normal, average guy. And that's completely true. If you meet this guy and go to his house, he could be your doctor, but he could be your, your uh, garbage man, too. You just uh, <laughs> you don't know. And I thought about that with the Happy Philosopher interview that that, that you did, I think, a couple podcasts ago. Yep. Mad Fientist said... Uh, so, what's the deal? How do you separate your identity? Uh, what Jeff said, the happy philosopher said, was doctors, our whole identity is tied up. Your whole life is being a doctor. But you, it's not like that at all. You're just a normal, average guy who happens to go stick needles in people for your job. I mean, I saw your house, and it was a modest house, but do you have like a secret doctor back cave with like a Mercedes for every day of the week that you are hiding from us? Or No, I'm jumping in here. He doesn't have a modest house. He doesn't have a doctor house, but he has a beautiful house. He has spent a lot of time 
furnishing this amazing house. You walk into this house and it looks like he hired somebody, but he did it all himself. It's beautiful. You should post pictures of your house. <laughs> no, thank you, Mindy. I think I might have one in a post somewhere. I, I'll have to find it. It might be in my 50 ways I'd like to enjoy early retirement because, like you said, I did actually go out and find uh, some like mid-century modern furniture and refinish it myself. And there's one shot of our living room, so if you dig in there, you'll find it. But uh, thank you for the compliment. It's a beautiful house. I'm really jealous. We really do like it. My house is like mid-century kids trash the furniture. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to Carl's question. How do you separate yourself? How do I separate myself from my job? I've always viewed it as a, a great job. Uh, many physicians do feel that it's a calling and, and maybe have a, a little bit of a, hold that at a higher esteem. But uh, to me, it's been a, a great way to make a living. But when I leave the hospital, take off the scrubs, <laughs> I, uh, I'm just your, like I say, ordinary average guy. At least I try a to be. A great way to make a living. $10 an hour, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes 12 you know, if you work overtime. <laughs> okay, so my next question is, how do you reconcile your sunk costs? You're a, you're a physician, you went to school, and then you went to more school. And then you probably went to more school after that. Then you did a residency. You've got a whole lot of time. And I, I know you're a smart dude, so you got some scholarships. But how do you reconcile all that work and time with early, early retirement? And I should mention, you just went part-time this month. Is that I correct? I did, yes, which uh, it's been great. I haven't quite had the time to really uh, feel the kind of relaxation from working less because I've been to... Uh, uh, two conferences here in, in one week, so I just went to the biggest anesthesia conference in the world, and now I'm at the biggest financial, uh, personal finance blogging con conference in the world. So, um, But back to your question, I like to look at life going forward, you know, decide what's best from this point on, and, and looking back, uh, it doesn't really help, it doesn't really make a difference. So, uh, you know, there's something in uh, psychology called the sunk cost fallacy, where you, you know, you know thinking about what you've already done and using that to decide how to live the rest of your life or the rest of your day doesn't really doesn't really help so i just look at what i want to do next week next month the next year and yeah and uh figure it out from there that's okay. a fantastic way to approach it so for some of the people in the audience who may not be uh aware of physician on fire maybe just give a little bit of a background that yeah your story and uh and why you sure. decided to pursue financial independence. Right. So like Mindy mentioned, uh, I do stick needles into people. I do that as an anesthesiologist to also help get them through surgery safely. And, and uh, I've been an anesthesiologist now for 11 plus years. And for a few weeks, I'm now a part-time anesthesiologist, which is uh, a good way to be. Um, how I became a blogger, uh, like I think... 88% of your guests, uh, they say they read something about Mr. Money Mustache, right? Yep. Who's I found that? him. <laughs> He's your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, never mind. Um, I read him, uh, found him through just a, a news article in Market Watch. And I came back to it when I was studying for a board exam. That was just a, a real pain and uh, wasn't any fun and spending all this time studying. I thought, gosh, I'm going to have to do this again in 10 years, aren't I? And then I thought, wait, I read about that guy, Pete. You know, what's his name? Found his blog. Started thinking a little bit differently about the next 10 years. <laughs> and, uh, and then I found the White Coat Investor, who is now uh, a partner of mine in, in my site. And uh, we collaborate. Uh, but he's got a great site uh, that teaches uh, physicians about personal finance topics. And I, I guess I try to uh, take some of the best elements of those two personas and those two sites and uh, I launched my own blog. Nice. And that yeah. was about a uh, year and nine months ago. Nice. And 
So, so you're cutting back to part time. Uh, what do you what do you think your uh, post fi life is going to look like when it settles down with all, all these conferences? And well, we've got some pretty great plans. Uh, you know, like I say, we look at what we want to do going forward, and one of those things is to travel more and not just take vacation where you're just seeing three sites a day and exhausted when you get home. So, in November coming up, we're taking three weeks uh, and doing a Spanish immersion. Uh, experience as a family. We're going to, to uh, attend a local school in a Spanish-speaking country and just kind of live like the locals or maybe a little better than the locals. But uh, And we'll plan a few trips like that. Uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Mrs. Waffles on Wednesday, who I see just uh, eight feet away from us. Uh, she did a mission trip in Peru last year and just thought it was a remarkable experience. And if I can find a similar uh, uh, mission type trip like that, take the family so my kids can see what it's like to uh, you know, live in a third world country and maybe help some people play with kids in an orphanage, whatever it is that they might do during the day. Uh, I think that would be awesome. So we're looking for something like that too. Very cool. And I, I apologize to the audience for rushing through this. This is a, we have a 25 minute time, <laughs> time yeah, constraint. So, fast. so uh, we're trying to get a, going to try to pack a lot in, but I could always get him back on later uh, to do a proper episode. But um, one of the key points of your story that I wanted to touch on was your geographic arbitrage that you did throughout your career. Um, Cause it's unique in a couple of ways. One, um, it was all within the U S and two, it actually was more pay than you would have got had you lived somewhere more expensive. So please, uh, yeah, just talk a little bit about that. About that. Right. Well, first, I have to question your motive because, uh, you know, I used to rank number one in Google for geographic arbitrage, <laughs> but now you rank number one, and now you're bringing it up again on, and on your site. It's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Nice but, play, Mad <laughs> Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to, you know, republish my post to maybe try to sneak up on top. Um, but no, so in medicine, it's rather unique in that uh, there are jobs in rural America, in smaller cities, and in kind of middle America, the heartland, that, that pay better than cities on the coast that might be seen as more desirable. Uh, and so those places also um, that have the higher pay tend to have lower cost of living. And that's, uh, you know, kind of a double win if you're someone that isn't, uh, you know, interested in living in San Francisco, New York, L.A., etc. And we both grew up, my wife and I, uh, in small towns in uh, you know, the upper Midwest, and that's where we are now, and it's, it's worked out really well. Helped me become financially independent within 10 years. That's amazing. And it, it helped not being in one of those big cities, too, for the lifestyle inflation that maybe plagued some of your colleagues and... Right. I hear like the parking lots, uh, you know, at, uh, you know, maybe a medical center in UCLA are going to have a whole lot different cars than we do, which, you know, uh, in Minnesota, a lot of trucks and uh, Fords, Chevys, Hondas, etc. Nice. Yeah. Fewer Joneses to keep up with. <laughs> okay. I've got a professional question for you at this time. Uh, well, let me back up a second. I was a computer programmer and and uh, the crazy thing about me is I spent $3,800 on my education, and I couldn't. I found that hard to get over, so I can't imagine what, you, what you're going through with the sunk cost. But that was not my question. My question was, uh, sometimes when I was at work, I would, uh, I would leave and I'd take my computer home, and I'd do some, work, some of my own work with my work computer. It wasn't probably ethical. It was probably against my contract, but I did it anyway. Um, as an anesthesiologist, do you ever bring that nitrous home and, and take a hit? You can't ask him that. Shut up. That, not, on, not on the can. Not on the. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a joke. Uh, the physician fire holes himself to the highest. I think all When we were at his house earlier this summer, I asked him the same question. Like, can you prescribe me drugs? Not, I'm not looking for them. It was just like a question. Like, can you do it? Can you prescribe your wife drugs? Can you? And he's like. 
technically you can, but that's not a thing. Like you, you just, it's way better to not. Right. So. It's, it's, it's ill-advised and yeah, you have to keep uh, actual like progress notes, like a medical record of some kind that, to back up that prescription. And of course there are certain kind of prescriptions and kinds that you were probably looking for, even though you said you weren't, that I would never prescribe. <laughs> I think he did say family. one time he prescribed a uh, antibiotic for his kid over like Christmas or something, but like. Maybe not even that. No, like I, I haven't even done that. We go, we go to the, yeah, we go to the doctors, to the, doc- the real the doctors. Time. I'm an yeah. anesthesiologist. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with all of the dots that you, eyes that you have to dot and T's that you have to cross, it just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, be it would careful. be like so easy, but like so much hassle. Are you right. trying to force his hand at early retirement by getting him just? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would take care of him in a hurry. License gone. That's how the oh, and then think about how bad will you feel if you, uh, you know, maybe don't do a complete. Exam and, and uh, it maybe get a bad diagnosis, wrong diagnosis for a friend or your own son. Then can you refill really my oxy prescription? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not even. Uh, are, do you have those bigger pockets full of cash? <laughs> no, that was all a joke. Okay, we should get back to the real topic <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back around again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. This will be my last podcast with the bad fine. No, no, this is perfect. <laughs> this will be your last podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so they say you're a very normal guy. And was that always the case as a doctor, or once you found Phi, did you change and then become like you know less on that normal doctor path? Right. I think um, you know it's hard to define normal. You know, probably abnormal for a physician, and maybe more normal for a you know um, the average person. But um, I didn't really change much. Was when I found Phi, when I discovered what it was, what it meant, I realized I had it, and so that made it pretty pretty easy. It was a, a kind of an amazing discovery because I hadn't really thought about the concept of uh, not working, at least till my kids were uh, up and out of the house. And our, our boys are seven and nine years old right now. Um, you know, when I discovered this, they were not even uh, they were like they were kindergarten and preschool age. Yeah. Nice. So I know. Uh, Mr. 1500 has some closing questions, so I'm going to hit up my one uh, pre-closing question that I always like to ask people, just so we get to it eventually, um, because, yeah, the, who knows what Mr. 1500 has in store for us? I don't know, personally, so I'm excited to see, but um, if you had to give a piece of advice to somebody, what, what's the one piece of advice you would give to somebody on the on the journey to financial independence? I would listen to... Uh the mad scientist. <laughs> nice. I would read my article on geographic arbitrage, <laughs> which I'll link to in the show notes to give oh, you some of that good. All right, no follow. And uh, and uh, you know just just try to minimize how much uh, money uh, flows out from your investment. So minimize your fees, minimize taxes uh, in the tax brackets that most physicians are in. That's that's a really big deal. And I, uh, there was also one thing I wanted to cover. Unless you want to jump in, no, no, you're good. Um, yeah. So if people want to get in touch with you, learn more. What's the best way to reach you? Uh, come to my site, physicianonfire.com. I'm on Twitter at physicianonfire. Nice. And also, you donate profits that you make from the blog to a charity. Right. So, I, yeah, I have started to realize a little bit of uh, uh, money from uh, people coming to visit the site, and I donate half the profits um, to charity, mostly through our donor advised fund. And uh, it's easy to do because, like I said, when I uh, came to start this blog, I was already financially independent, so it's kind of all gravy, and, and if I can uh, you know, help some local and national charities, then that's, uh, that's a wonderful thing to do. That's fantastic. So, uh, Mr. 1500, I, I, I see you uh, chomping at the bit over there for either a question, or we, got, we, got, we still have some time. I just wanted to get those out of the way, and I can 
Yeah. The anticipation is palpable. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I think we're good. I'd like to let the audience know that I haven't even been drinking yet. So, uh, yeah, it would be I worse was promised beer, by the way. Not today. Well, not just, technically, you were drinking today. Yeah, um, yeah technically, uh, it was a late night last night, so if my voice is a bit off. Uh, yeah, I, that, so I just wanted to thank these guys for co-hosting with me because it was the most ridiculous late night. I haven't had that much good beer that was something that Carl put together. That was um, he put together an amazing beer tasting event where everyone brought great beers from where they live, and we had them last night. And it has been an awful morning. And I, yeah, I promised everyone beer here, but I couldn't even think about bringing it down because I think if any of you had opened it and I would have smelt oh it, God, I would have had to end not, this very early. And I left at midnight because nothing good ever happens <laughs> after midnight. Uh, but it was great time. I want to shout out to Wiley Roots Brewing in Greeley, Colorado, for giving me. It's some really great beer to share with oh, you. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, that was that was difficult this morning, but it was so good last night. It was fantastic. So yes, so yes, okay. I had to Speaking throw that of pint glasses that you drink beer out of, yeah, how I was see. that for a smooth segue? <laughs> so I saw your Twitter feed. Twitter feed. You had a notorious Big pint glass. Most anesthesiologists, I wouldn't think, would be big fans of gangster rap. Are you, are you a gangster rap aficionado? Were you ever a, a rapper? Well, I'm more a fan of his message. It, it really, it's very similar to mine. You know how you live in Biggie Smalls and mansions and Benzes. You know, so that's kind of what I try to uh, tell people. The notorious to do. POF. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. So, so you are a. a early 90s gangster rap fan? It's kind of what I grew up with. I like a, a lot of different stuff. Not country, but yeah. yes, I do. I that do is, enjoy it. So that is a secret that I have not <laughs> shared. Like, my entire college career was spent learning Bone Thugs and Harmony lyrics so that I could <laughs> rap them perfectly. So um, that is amazing. That's great to know about you, and that will make uh, the... The next two nights of parties even more fun if we uh, have a rap battle, which Absolutely. is going to be the geekiest rap yeah, battle yeah. ever. You know any ODB? <laughs> I, I Maybe I got your money. I hope your life heads in a happier, it has a happier ready than the notorious B.I.G. Uh, do you have your, you know, may I see what kind of car you have? Or? Yes, I drive a Chevy HHR. Yeah, is that thing like a bulletproof windows, armor doors, or sixteen switches? In case there's some action up there in, in the <laughs> Minnesota, right? Well, yeah, well, we have a special way to close, and actually, uh, the Notorious B.I.G., even though he's dead, is going to make a reappearance as Notorious P.O.F., so uh, here we go. Brace yourselves, audience. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, we have to get the lyrics. <laughs> it's not like we I, just played this five minutes ago or anything like that. I did not spend the early 90s learning Biggie lyrics. And you did not memorize but them? Here we I go. did not. But Mrs. 1500 was actually a rapper. Not many people know this, and... Here she comes out of her rapping career. Physician on fire, can't you see? All the other doctors drive Mercedes, and you don't even fly first class. I bet you even take out your own trash. Yep. Physician on fire, can't you see? Uh -huh. Sometimes your nitrous just puts me to sleep, and I just love your frugal ways. Okay. Everyone broke while you get paid. <laughs> that was so awesome. awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I just want to, yeah, that was amazing. I had uh, no idea that was coming. I just won the rap battle. <laughs> you, you did. I did the Miller improv. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that was a fantastic ending. So thank you to the 1500s for being with me here on stage again. It's been a fun tra tradition that hope will continue. We'll have to figure out some other way to do it next year. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank and, you for inviting me. And Physician on Fire, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure, and hopefully uh, I'll chat to you more at another stage when we actually have more time. We can do that. I would love it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.
Thank you. Finance.